When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back in to the Longshot Podcast. I am your host, as always, Duncan Robinson, and I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Davis Patrick Reed. Davis, how are we? I am so good, Duncan. I'm so good. You know why? Because they brought us back for year two of the Longshot Awards. We were worried. We were worried maybe last year wasn't going to be a smash of a success, but it was, and we weren't that surprised. So they brought us back for year two. We're, we're just happy to be here. No, it, it truly is a, a very special time of the year. This is an episode I always look forward to. Uh, like you said, year two, the inaugural campaign went well, but we're yeah. excited to come back for year two uh, with a real bang. And uh, we're doing so in, in fun fashion. We have a guest. I don't even know if you can call him a guest because he's been basically on every single one of our podcasts, but we're incorporating him into this episode, uh, into these awards, I should say, in a very fun uh, and just interesting way. And that's our producer, Harry Krinsky. Harry, welcome. Uh, It feels weird saying welcome to the Longshot Podcast (laughs) because you've been a part of it the whole time, but my gosh, it's great to have you here. Listen, it's it's an honor to be on this side of the mic. I am uh, uh, I'm excited to to have my nominees be c- considered by the Longshot mm-hmm. fans and uh um you know we'll we'll see what I can bring. I'm trying to bring something I'm I'm hoping that I didn't pick nominees that you guys picked so I went a little <laughs> weird. So um. I love it. I love it. Weird and wacky is uh, an undertone of this entire show. So basically some some housekeeping stuff. I'm going to break down some ground rules. So we're each going to nominate uh, one player for each award. And then the listeners, you know, the, the most important members of our community, will then proceed to vote on the candidates that we nominate. So we're, we're merely just kind of, you know, throwing names into a hat. And it's really you guys who are, who are driving the, uh, the conversation and, and the winners here. Uh, no Heat players are allowed. This was something that we kicked around for a while. But we decided for a variety of reasons – mostly because we have a lot of Heat listeners and we figured that just every Heat player would win every award. And also it's hard for me to remove myself. Like I have so many biases towards Heat players that I just can't be nominating Heat players for every single award. That just doesn't seem fair. Uh, Not to mention, I will say though, if Heat players were allowed to be nominated for some of these, we would have some some fantastic winners uh, from the Heat. And then last, basically, we're just going to rotate uh, who picks first each round, so we you know get a little creativity, uh, you know, mixing up the the rhythm and cadence of everything. How's that sound, Dave? Sounds great. Yeah, you broke that down beautifully. Um, also, for the for the audio listeners, the YouTube viewers probably noticed this off the bat, but for the audio listeners, there was a a dress code for this award show that two of the three members on this call adhered to. Uh, the third person is just in a t-shirt and I'll let you guess uh, who that is. But uh, for the YouTube viewers, you're welcome. Also, I uh, 
please notice the tie around my neck. I didn't feel like putting a dress shirt on, but I, you can't wear an award show suit without a tie. So I just wanted to point that out real quick. Well, I'd actually like to say, first off, this is not just a t-shirt. This is a cuts t-shirt, uh, oh. the finest material in all the land. One, uh, two, this is actually a cool opportunity to do like a little award show red carpet moment. So, uh, let me ask you guys, I'll start with you, Harry. What are you wearing this evening? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I've got a little um, J. Crew, nice white button down. I got actually. Oh shit! This is actually embarrassing. I think I'm wearing all. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got a little knit tie action. Mm. I don't remember the brand. Um, and then a suit. Um, the suit is Prada. <laughs> there you go. Prada. We're going to mix it in there. Dave, what do you got? So I'm, uh, again, so glad you asked. I've got the Apple AirPod Pros. Thank you very much. Um, wedding band is from Amazon. I got a package of seven for $4.99. Uh, the jacket was a gift from my father. I do not know the brand. It was a graduation gift. Fits me perfectly. It's a beautiful blue gray, if you will, or blue silver. Mm. Uh, tie is probably, let's see, let's see if we can see a brand on here. Oh my goodness. It's a name I can't pronounce. That probably means it's expensive. And the t-shirt <laughs> is a uh, banana Republic, but let's cut nice. that and say that it's, uh, also something really, really nice. Chanel. Yeah. It looks like Chanel. Yeah. Uh, the thread count that I'm gathering via zoom here is, is I'm picking up Chanel. Um, all right. Well, that, that was good. I mean, missed, uh, photo opportunities would love to, to, you know, maybe in the future, actually, that would be a cool thing for a live show. If we did like an actual long shot award ceremony, we did a red carpet, laid mm -hmm. out the whole thing. Um, you know, it's maybe something you can jot down for, for future notes. I don't know. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is, this is only year two we're yeah it's going to be 2040 and we're going to be in the you know 38th annual this thing's this thing's just getting off the ground a hundred percent i'd love to see what the grammys or the oscars look like <laughs> right. uh in, in year two uh not to mention the uh the oscars you know had a certain level of fanfare and uh you know excitement i don't know if you can anticipate that sort of um viral moment in mm. in this award ceremony i hope that we can capture something similar maybe not quite as physical um but i nonetheless i, I still think it's worth sticking around for yeah you you actually I'll, I'll let the fans in on a little secret you had a pretty spicy opening monologue that you were going to try <laughs> but uh after what we i was with you actually when the oscars thing went down in miami and after we saw that we just collectively decided maybe we should nix it we don't want to ruffle any feathers yeah, j just going in a different direction. Honestly, w what we kind of collectively, the three of us came to is that it really takes away from the candidates, the potential right. award winners, which is, this is what the show is all about. It's not about us. I mean, you guys showed up in suits and, and ties and stuff, kind of making it <laughs> seem like it might be about you. But, uh, it, it, you know, I rest assured, it, it's not at all about us. Instead, this is an opportunity for us to use our platform to shine light on a lot of underdogs, a lot of long shots who yeah, haven't gotten the recognition that they deserve. And that's what the, uh, the long shot podcast is all about is giving people uh, the stage, the platform, the flowers that they deserve. And that's an unbelievable segue Davis to our first award of the evening, which is actually a favorite of yours. I'm not a huge fan of this one, but it's the flowers award. Do you want to explain a little bit about the flowers award? 
Absolutely. I mean, it's for everything you just said. This is what the show really is about. It's sh- giving flowers to guys who had, you know, underappreciated seasons. Last year, I'll remind you, our winner was Nerlens Noel, who had a, a great season for the Knicks, was a menace defensively. Um, and so this is our flowers award. I think it's a beautiful way to to kick things off. Uh, do we want to, I think what we should do is we'll select an order here that we pick in, and then we'll just sort of rotate that order down the ladder. Got I it. think it, it would be wrong if we didn't let our guest go first. So Harry, for how sure. about you pick first your nominee for the flowers award? Sure. So I am a, a, a Warriors fan. Mm. And I think most of the way I watch basketball is through the the prism of who plays well against Warriors, who is on the Warriors, all that stuff. So with that in mind, somebody who killed the Warriors every time we played them was Isaiah Hartenstein. Mm. I had never heard of him before the first the first uh, uh, I think he he must have started at center the, the first time he played against the Warriors and he is so good. He's like this weird. He can switch out on guards. He can kind of do the point center passes, dribble handoffs, all that stuff. He's not, you know, he's not really filling it up from a, a stat perspective, but he is just a solid center that, again, like came out of nowhere for me. No, so he's my flowers. That's guy. a great flowers award selection. Uh, real lunch pail guy. Funny story about Isaiah Hartenstein, actually. So my roommate in college was was Moritz Wagner, uh, another German basketball player. And I don't know if you knew this, Harry, but uh, Isaiah Hartenstein was basically the German Jordan there for a little bit outside of Dirk Nowitzki. But he was like the next coming. He was supposed to be the next big thing out of Germany. Um, and obviously, he's he's carved out a nice little career for himself. And and maybe, you know, one of his finest accolades has been being nominated for the Flowers Award by <laughs> yours truly, right. Harry Krinsky. Uh, but that's a, that's a great pick. I love that, that one. Dave, why don't you go second here? Harry, amazing pick. Actually, not to foreshadow, but his name might be coming up later down the line too. I, I don't know, Dunk. I don't think last year we had any two-time nominees for two different awards. That's uh, so special. May, maybe we'll go in a different direction, but... Yeah, that's a that was a good one. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm a little torn here, but I think I'm gonna go Stephen Adams, Duncan, and Harry. I, th- I think I'm gonna go Stephen Adams because for a couple reasons. One, I'll admit my bias. I just love him very much. Uh, the The Grizzlies have just been amazing this year. It's well documented how good they've been without Jaw, and so I think that their like supporting cast in general gets some credit. But Stephen Adams has been awesome. He has a career high in rebounds this year career high in assists. The Grizzlies are leading the league in rebounding. And if you watch games, it's because it takes like seven guys. They bring two guys off the bench to help box out Steven Adams. Um, and so he just, he does, he does so much for them and he's the man. And Duncan's talked about it on this podcast. He's the strongest guy in the league, which just makes him infinitely cooler. I'm going Steven Adams. It's a great selection, Dave. And, uh, you know, he that's a guy who has a little bit more career accolades than Isaiah Hardenstein, but I still think being nominated for this award by you specifically uh, will certainly mean a lot to him. I also loved there was a recent like, I don't know what you call it, a meme maybe of uh, somebody, somebody on the on the Grizzlies was in a press conference and was like, yeah, you know, rebounding is a science to Steven Adams. Like he's like always reading, positioning and all this sort of stuff. And somebody asked Steven Adams and he goes, I just stand there, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's, he's like, I'm like, when you're 300 pounds, seven feet, it's just like, you just kind of stand there and the ball just finds a way to, to come to you. Uh, but that's an all-time one. And, uh, you know, well-deserved from, from Steven to get that nod because he, he definitely has a great has, has had a great year. The Grizzlies have had a great year, and he's been a huge part of it. Um, love that selection. I'm going to take it a different direction. You guys did two big men. I'm going to go to a guard that has been just disgustingly overlooked this year, in my opinion. Uh, somebody who's a well-established guard in the league, but this year has taken his game to a new level. And I just don't think he's been given his flowers by the media. And that's why, you know, our, ourselves, not mainstream media, I feel like I have a, a actually a moral responsibility to do so. Mm-hmm. And that's DeJounte Murray. Uh, career highs in points, rebounds, assists, 21, nine and eight is his 21, nine and eight is his line. Highest field goal percentage of his career, two steals per game. He does it on both ends. Uh, and I honestly think he's been, he's been one of the best guards in the league this year. He was an all-star, but I think this also points to the fact that he actually wasn't originally an all-star, but had to get in because of injury exemption. And that alone just speaks to the fact that he hasn't been getting the flowers he deserves. If somebody else with a different name had put up 21, nine and eight uh, and done it the way he's done it, they would for sure be an all-star. So I, I got DeJounte. I think he's he's been great all year. And not to mention, he's catapulted the Spurs into play in contention, potentially a playoff team. Uh, I just feel like he deserves some flowers. I really do. No, that's beautiful. Um, I also think it's great that we sort of selected three players at varying levels. Isaiah Hartenstein, like, you know, sort of still making his name in the league. Steven Adams, established guy, but not like a perennial all-star. DeJounte Murray has sort of ascended himself into that conversation where like he's at that range now. So a reminder to the fans, to the listeners, this isn't the best player of these three, but this is the guy who needs his flowers the most. Yeah, that's an important distinction. Um, I, I I do actually like the Flowers Award. I think it embodies so much of of uh, of what this podcast is all about. But uh, all right, let's let's transition to award number two uh, of the evening, which is another fun one, uh, and that's the thrift store find of the year. I feel I feel like this one is is great also for the pod, mostly because you're from Kansas. And I've also found that Kansas city is the thrift store capital of the world. So you've been, uh, you've been pretty, <laughs> you've been pretty bullish on uh, having the thrift store find of the year award. And, and I now know why it's because of your lineage. It's because of your roots. This is back to back year. So you're now two for two and pointing out that Kansas is the thrift store capital of the world, which just can't be true. I've never heard that in my life growing up there. That's never, that's never been a thing. I learned that from you. You told me that or your sister told me that because your sister was making a business of, of repurposing thrift store finds. That's true. That was like, I thought that was like a well-known thing. She got me this really cool denim jacket, which she like redesigned and put some cool stuff on shout out Um, to species speak yes shout out to my sister but i don't think that's right i think you maybe dreamt this and you've now brought it up two years in a row regardless thrift store find of the year another one of my favorites last year this went to daniel gafford uh who went to washington and just exploded had an awesome second half of his season there this is a guy who is in a new situation this year. So whether that was via trade or off-season signing and has outperformed his contract, the thrift store find of the year. So Harry went first last round. I went second. I'm now going to go first and then we'll pass to you, Dunk. 
I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Andre Drummond. I think I'm going to go with Andre Drummond. He seemed like a guy who was sort of just added last minute to the, the massive Ben Simmons, James Harden trade seemed like a little bit more of an auxiliary piece. He's averaging 12 and 10 double, double since, since coming to Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, he is uh, just a, they have no size. They have no size in Brooklyn. So I just think that was a overlooked move that I think really could help Brooklyn. You know, they're now in the playing game. So who knows if they're even going to make the playoffs, but in order for them to do so, they're going to need to have some size. And so Andre Drummond, you are my thrift store find of the year. I like the Andre Drummond pick. Uh, that reminds me of almost like a some designer clothing that somehow ended up in a thrift store because he's a former all-star, uh, like a max guy who's now a thrift store find, which is is always a fun one. Exactly. Um, he also is incredibly talented. Um yeah, can almost seemingly like sleepwalk his way to a, a double double, but you're absolutely right. He he will be a huge part uh, of Brooklyn if they're able to to put some things together for the playoffs. All right, I, I'm going to take it a a different direction. I'm going to go on the other coast, um, the City of Angels. Malik Monk, I thought was a fantastic thrift store find for the Los Angeles Lakers. I know L.A. Uh, did not have the season that many anticipated wah, or many wah. hoped. But I will say he was a uh, a bright spot for them for sure. His stats being 13, three and three, which doesn't really jump out at you, but they jumped to 17, four and three when he starts. So he it's clear when you give him that role, um, allow him to to play through, through mistakes, have some usage uh, that he takes his game to another level. And for a little stretch there with all the injuries they had, he was like, obviously outside of LeBron, but like he was carrying them um from a scoring perspective and uh he was kind of like the lone bright spot so that's my nomination Malik Monk. and how great uh for you guys selfishly in miami that he went to the western conference because he was a certified heat killer that guy it was he, he was always a good player always a talented scorer but i don't know what it, maybe it was the friendship with bam i don't know what it was every time you guys played charlotte it felt like he was going for 30 plus no he he uh he had several career nights against us. That's certainly not lost on me. So yeah, you're right. It is great to have him in the West coast. Harry, what do you got? Well, I want to talk about the thrift store tobacco for a second. Cause I, I crunched some, I, I did a little research while you guys were talking. So according to this website that I found <laughs> top five, long beach, California, mm-hmm. Oakland, California, Atlanta, Georgia, Miami, and then, though, Duncan, here's a little saving grace, Kansas City, Missouri. Really? Wow. See, I'm surprised it's even top five. That's So that's kind of my point is that those other are like major metropolitan areas. So it, it would be weird to describe Miami as the thrift store capital of the world. It's like, no, it's it's Miami. There's so many defining characteristics of Miami. But if you're Kansas City, whether it be Missouri or Kansas, that I feel like would be your saving grace. That would be your defining characteristic that you are known for thrift stores. And I, this is maybe the wrong crowd, but um, Miami has got to have the worst thrift stores. <laughs> I can <get that> <laughs> 
I'm just imagining the clothes that people down there throw out. That's very true. <laughs> that is very that true. is very true. That's very true. Uh, so I don't know about this. List. So I don't I don't um, know where I pulled that from. Then I I have no idea. I mean, clearly there's some legitimacy to it. So maybe I read it somewhere. I'm and for Whatever reason, just hung on to it for dear life. I'll tell you what, man. Anytime that uh, speaking of flowers, anytime my city gets some flowers, I'm all in for it. So if you want to mm. stamp us with thrift store capital of the world, I will gladly accept it. I'm just shocked. I'm shocked, but I'm honored. Um. Beautiful. Well, my thrift store find is, I don't know if this exactly follows it, but I think it does. Seth Curry. Yep. That's a good one. It's a good one. He, he is, he was 32 for, for four years, 32 mil for four years, which is like a bargain. And especially when he was on Philly, he was like second, third most important player on that team, like unlocked Embiid, or I mean, I don't know, unlocked Embiid, but had a really nice two-man game with Embiid um, and was just so consistent for that team that desperately needed it. I like it's that a good we, pick. we both went with auxiliary pieces in that trade, Harry. I But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And actually, Seth was a name that I was considering for this award, award as well. So that's a good pick. And I, I'm a little upset by it because you're, what you're going to do is you're going to take some of my voters for my nominee uh, because I mm -hmm. think that the auxiliary piece of the Brooklyn trade kind of adds to the thrift store find story here. I think it's border. No, I'm, I'm on your corner. I think it's borderline disrespectful to call either Seth Curry or Andre Drummond an auxiliary piece. No, but that's uh, what they seem to. Seth Curry, but I feel like he was like almost the way it was portrayed and talked about in the media. He was almost like a focal point, in, in that he the whether or not the trade went down was relying on the fact of whether or not Philly would be willing or not willing to put him in it. Um, so I, I don't I don't know how I feel about you calling them auxiliary pieces, but that's all right. So what you're doing, actually, what you what you just did is you said that my pick in that trade, Andre Drum Drummond, was a better pick than Harry's. Is what you're is what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I, I'm going to leave that up to the the fans, the fans, the community to vote on that. Uh, this is a democratic process. I'm not here to <laughs> you know tarnish or taint that in any sort of way. I, I want this to be a level playing field for all. And I think that we've all nominated three worthwhile candidates. And uh, you know, let's see the see where the chips fall on that. Fine, fair enough. All right, what's the next one, Dave? Next award is the Ice Water Award. The guy you want taking the last shot but let's keep in mind here this is a yearly award show so we're not just this isn't based on like career history this isn't based on best player in the league in your opinion right now no this is the guy who has shown you that he is ready to perform in clutch time this season last year this went to luca luca had a couple game winners a couple buzzer beaters um i believe duncan you are leading this one off yeah, I am, and I'm I'm happy that I am because I know that my nomination is going to win because any other nomination or, or winner here would just be wrong, uh, quite honestly. And that's that's Demar Derozan, uh, formerly or known to many by as Debo, um, the other Debo, probably the more well known Debo. I should I should probably clarify, but uh, yeah, I mean it's got to be Demar. He's had an incredible season just from a, a clutch uh, perspective. I got some stats here. Actually, Dave crunched some of these numbers, so thanks for that. He's leading the NBA in clutch time field goals 
and he's shooting a better percentage down the stretch than anyone else. So, I mean, I think that alone, and he also has the optics. He had the back-to-back game winners. One of them that was like, it was like a, a horse shot or a 21 shot. they like the, the runner off the one leg. That was incredible. I believe that was an indie. Uh, and he had another one the next night. So, uh, or maybe that Indy was the second night. I don't remember, but anyways, the answer is DeMar and, and anyone else is, is probably wrong. It's a good pick. It's a good pick, but I, you know, there might be some sleepers. This could be upset alert. You never know. Harry, what do you got? I'm going again. Maybe. Well, I'll just say it. I'm going Chris Paul. Yep. And not exactly because of the shots he takes, but the shots that he gets the Suns down the stretch that they, they have. I remember seeing on some broadcast that they have like the best fourth quarter, last five minutes scoring margin of any team. They just kill teams in the last four minutes. And I think it's because Chris just gets the right shot every possession in the fourth. That's a good, it's it's a, it's a really good pick and you're absolutely right. Their uh, record is largely is what it is because of their performance down the stretch of games. And uh, I think the clutch time, like the statistical clutch, which I think is within five points under four minutes or under five minutes mm-hmm. can be a little misleading, uh, but it, it definitely does tell uh, a story there that, that he's just been so good down the stretch. And as a result, they as a team have been so good down the stretch. All right. Let me make my case. I'm going Shea Gilgis Alexander. Now, <laughs> I don't know if you remember Dunk. But he hit a game winner this year, buzzer beater, from like 30-plus feet against his old team, the Clippers. And he broke out into that dance right afterwards. And it came, it came out that he said earlier in the season to one of his teammates he was going to hit that dance whenever he hit a game winner. So to just have that mental fortitude of like not just seeing the future, but just committing it to fact, hey – I'm going to hit a game winner and then I'm going to break out in this dance. And then to do it is just that takes something special within you. He also, I don't want, again, this is the second time I'm going to foreshadow this episode. We're going to get to this shot later, but he also hit what should have been a game winner against the Pelicans. Another like 35 footer, you know, off balance ended up not being a game winner for reasons we'll get to, but to hit two of those shots to commit the dance to, to fact in the future. I just think it puts you in the running. I think it's a, it's a quality campaign that you're building over there. Um, I, I think SGA is incredible. I think he's a great player. I, and I'm not trying to throw any shade at him whatsoever, but I do think there is something to be said about the fact that his team is not really in overall contention. Okay. That's not his fault. I, I'm not saying that it is, but it changes the magnitude, I think, of some of these games because you, you're just able to play more freely because, quite honestly, the outcome matters less than somebody like DeMar or even somebody like CP uh, who's who's vying to be a contender. So I, I think there's a little – I just want to just point that out. I, I'm not – you know, once again, I'm not throwing any shade. I think he's fantastic. I think he is clutch. I think he's – earned the right to be in the conversation, but I just want to throw that out as a little caveat. Duncan, the Thunder are trying to build a foundation in Oklahoma City, okay? Every win matters. The fact that you would poo-poo an NBA win is just disgraceful. 
I'm not I'm not booing an NBA win. I will say though, they do have something special going with OKC, especially with the recent signing of Xavier Simpson, aka Captain Hook himself. Yes. Uh, loved to see it. Former teammate and uh not former good friend of mine, still a really good friend of mine. So shout out to Xavier Simpson, Captain Hook, uh, for the running hook. And yeah, he got his, his 10 day in OKC. If you know if they knew what they were doing in that front office, they'd keep him around. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, fine. Dave, we're back, and I am excited to talk some more about Athletic Greens. It is a morning staple for me. Every single morning, I wake up, first thing I do, pour myself some Athletic Greens. The nutritional value is through the roof, uh, insane for energy, gut health, multivitamin. It basically takes place... Uh, of anything you would need to take in the morning, like a vitamin or fish oil or all that sort of stuff. It's got everything you need. Uh, and it just, it tastes good. Uh, it's a great way to start your morning. And it's just officially cemented itself in my morning routine. Dunk, I couldn't agree more. I also, I've been looking around for something that serves this purpose, but most stuff has a lot of sugar. And I'm really trying to cut sugar out of my life. AG1 has less than a gram of sugar. It's mm. lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it's got what you need. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals. I'm telling you, man, a, a scoop in water to start my days, I've never felt better. It's also fantastic for your immune system. I know we're kind of finishing up cold and flu season, but uh, it, it really is great for fighting off that stuff. I take it in the morning with some cold water, maybe squeeze a little lemon in there as Ooh. well, just to add to the taste just a little bit. But the taste is really good as is. And check this out. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Uh, with your first purchase. The travel packs are super convenient. I take them on the road. They're just little packs you can throw in your backpack, purse, whatever you got, uh, and just you know take them on the go. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash longshot. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash longshot to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next award, let's go to another one that's really just a staple of what we do here at the Long Shot Podcast. This is the undrafted player of the year. Pretty simple dunk. The undrafted guy who had the best season. Last year, it was Fred Van Vliet. This year, I think it maybe could be Fred Van Vliet again, but we'll see. <laughs> should, we, should we make Fred exempt because he won... No, I mean, like, is he just going to win it every year? It depends. It depends. Maybe there's another undrafted guy who will have a better year. And who knows? Maybe we'll make an argument for a guy who deserves it this year. But we look, could this be our first two-time winner? Maybe Fred became the first undrafted all-star in like 20 years this year. Yeah, it could. It could be. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll let the we'll let the panel decide. 
This is Harry first, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm also glad I'm going first because I I, I really have an argument I want to make. Oh. I'm going to list some guys. They're not the undrafted players. Devin Booker. Um, Darren Fox. Maybe LeBron James. Okay. DeMar DeRozan. There's one guy who clamped all of these guys. Whoa. I like where this is going. Gary Payton. The second. Ooh. That dude. He was uh, he's, he's a warrior. He was he was I remember we 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 were choosing between him and Avery Bradley, the last pick. Uh for like the last spot on the, the roster. And we went with him and I was like, who is this guy? Right. He can, went on to clamp every single good guard in the league. Like he picks up anybody full court and and honestly guards them really really well he's so strong he's so like he gets in people he's like the only guy i've seen pick up somebody full court in like game 48 of the season it's like <laughs> amazing uh so and i mean the dunks like he, he's he's nasty so he's he's shortest center in the league he's uh he's <laughs> my pick. i love it's it so one. much that's amazing. No, that's amazing. Thank you for making that argument. Dunk, uh, technically, I am next, but I think, as we alluded to, Freddie Van Vliet needs to be a nominee here. So would you rather make an argument for someone else, or do you want me to make an argument for someone else? You make an argument for someone else. Okay. I'm going to go with friend of the pod and friend of me, because he's been on the pod, Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso averaging his stats might not pop to you. He's averaging eight, four and four this year, but career highs in assists, rebounds and steals. The Lakers let him leave. And you saw what that did to them defensively. He just adds so much to the bulls. They are so much better with him. I looked up their record with and without him. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's much better when he plays. And it's evident when you just watch and that guy, he's just a winner. He's a winner. He got his big contract this summer, which we love to see from the undrafted guy. So I think it would be ignorant of us to not consider him for this award. Two great nominations. Uh, I'd, I'd like to point out, so Dave sends me notes before every episode. just kind of like a little cheat sheet of what we're doing. And uh like basically like ones that he's going to potentially talk about. And he has Alex Crusoe under this award and he goes, just add so much to the bull statistically comma. And you would expect maybe that he would have some stats to back it or whatever. <laughs> and he just says they are much better with him. <laughs> it's just to totally, totally subjective. There's no, like, it's just like, trust me. All right. I test. I've watched a lot of bulls basketball this year. Uh, Dave is just putting his stamp of approval. Locked on Alex in over here, I'm locked I just, in. I just, you know, given how thorough you are as an individual, I just would have thought that there would maybe be some like in the lineup, out of the lineup, uh, you know, splits or something that you can kind yeah. of point to. And you just went straight eye test, which I'm into. I mean, I love it. Yeah, 100%. I, what's, funny, um, what's funny is I actually did have some of those ready to go. Like I said, I had some of the on off, like him playing, him not playing. But 
yeah, that's not what we're here to do. That's not what we're here to do. We're, <laughs> we're, we're here to, we're here to give our flowers eye test, baby. And Alex Crusoe passes that eye test. Uh, no, that's, that's great. I, I love both of your selections because they really do embrace the heart and spirit of the undrafted player, which is basically like, those are two guys that are just going to do whatever it takes to get on the floor to help you win. And you really can't encapsulate the value that they bring into statistics because they're doing so much more than scoring, passing, rebounding, whatever it is. Um, they're, they're filling in the gaps. So I, I really do. I appreciate both of your nominations. I just don't think that they stand a chance. Uh, <laughs> like, like I said, Fred is uh, undrafted and all-star has led his team locked into the playoffs uh, franchise record in threes. I mean, the accolades go on and on 20 points, five uh, rebounds, seven assists, and a team that so many people thought had no playoff chances. He's, he's led them to um, spicy P has also been a, a big part of that as well. But, but Fred, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who didn't think that Fred was the heart and soul of that group. So that's my nomination. Uh, Fred Van Fleet. Yep. That's a good one. That's a good one. We'll let the fans decide. I don't know. I think we had three compelling arguments. Yeah. I mean, the, it's ultimately on the community to see uh, where the chips fall. All right. Our next one is the long shot of the year, which yes. is just a great award uh, ties in beautifully to this podcast. And it's all about basically the guy that overcame the odds. Uh, I think last year, our selection was Karis lover after getting traded and, uh, having different health complications, it was kind of up in the air, let alone if he was going to play again, but if he was going to be, you know, uh, uh, healthy enough to kind of move forward. Um, and obviously we've seen him play really well, continue to to speak to the the long shot narrative in, in Cleveland. But uh, this year we got a lot of great options. I'm, I'm really curious to see where the, uh, the conversation goes here. I think Dave, you're leading us off. Yes, I'm going to lead us off and... I'm sorry, Harry, but this might have been your pick. I got to go to Golden State, Clay Thompson. That guy is just – here's another eye test guy. I'm just without a doubt a happier human being when I get to watch Clay Thompson play basketball. So for him to return from his two-year absence, guy tore his ACL on his left knee and then his Achilles in his right foot. Like he's just was banged up, wasn't certain what he was going to look like, but he's back and he's awesome. First game back, he dunks on somebody in Cleveland. Uh, you know, had the thirty-eight point or whatever it was game the other day. He's rocking the little semi-pro fro. He's warming up before the game with Jackie Moon. I mean, it's just basketball is a better place with him back. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great selection, and, and I think it does tie into the the narrative that we've kind of built into this award, which is dealing with adversity and bouncing back from uh, said adversity. I was actually, this would be a great opportunity to pick a friend and teammate of mine, uh, Victor Oladipo, former guest on the show. Obviously, we are not allowed to select Heat players. Otherwise, I think he'd be surefire to win it. So I'm actually going to take it a different direction. And I think I'm allowed to, to choose him, even though at one point he was a member of the Heat. And that's Nick Stauskas. We talked a little bit about his story uh, on the pod, but was obviously out of the NBA. He was playing in Europe, uh, and this was really his last go-round. Uh, he was playing in the G League and got a 10-day with us, went back to the G League, and 
in talking to him when he was with us, it, it really seemed, first off, obviously it was abundantly clear how much he had put into this. Um, but it, it's been such an interesting uh, insight into his career because he was a lottery pick and bounced around the NBA, had all these different NBA experiences. And then all of a sudden he was one of those guys that found himself on the outside looking in, which is such a challenging place to be because you know he knows he's good enough to play in the NBA and hasn't maybe had the situation or the opportunity to really prove that. But to see that arc come full circle and him get another opportunity with the Celtics after going on a crazy tear in Grand Rapids in the G League, uh, it was just awesome to see. So in that sense, I, I think so many people, whether it be fans, teams, members of the media, not us, of course, because we don't fall into that category, uh, had written him off and counted him out. You know, Nick's career is done. He'll never play in the NBA again. Uh, and just to see him back in the NBA playing with the Celtics is uh, a feel-good story. And and I think it's perfectly uh, in line with this award and everything it stands for. I agree. I am going to go. I also agree. I love Nick Scousett. I think Nick was my same year at Michigan. So I think I, I watched him play every, every year I was there, um, that he was there. I'm going – this is a, a, a not a person, but I'm going with the entire Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh, love! I that. think just the the from going three centers to being in Cleveland to <laughs> uh, you know the post LeBron fought like what all the the all that does when you're kind of really going full championship mode with LeBron on your team. Um, for them to put together probably the weirdest successful team in, in, in the NBA, they've got two little guards and then three giant centers, at least when they're, when they're healthy to start the year, that's what they look like. The, the success they've had, it's always fun when a small market's really successful. Um, and yeah, that, that they've just, that, I certainly did not have them in the playoff picture to start the year. That's a great, Great, great nomination. I love the creativity too. You know, we were all thinking of players and you just decided to come up with a team. It's interesting because I, I do, I really do like the plan. I think it adds a really interesting dynamic to particularly these last couple games of the year, because you're looking at the seating and how everything's going to play out. And all of a sudden you're looking at a team like Brooklyn who's so talented, but they might need to win two games in a row on the road to ultimately make the playoffs. But there is a downside to it to a team like Cleveland, where you got to think that they've earned a playoff spot. And there's a legit scenario where they don't make the playoffs, which is crazy to think because they've been so good all year. It's just, it, there's so much good that comes with the play in, but that is definitely one of the downsides for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right. That wraps up our five awards from last year. So now we're going to try a few new ones. I don't know. We're just going to see. We're going to see how it goes. We'll consider those those previous five like our staple awards. We're going to experiment a little bit. So the first one that we're trying here is the word of the year in the NBA. Now, the beauty of an award like this is it's pretty broad, guys. I think you can really argue your case for why you think your word is the word of the year. I believe 
dunk. Are you going first? I lost track yeah. of the order. I'm I'm up first, and I'm happy I'm going first because I I have a feeling that somebody would take mine, and if somebody did take mine, I would have no idea uh, <laughs> what direction to take this in. And uh, mine's kind of two words. It's more uh, a f- a phrase. You got to pick will. a word. I think. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's uh, if the, if I had to be a single word, it would be protocols. But it's mm. it's the all encompassing health and safety protocols. So it's protocols in the context of health and safety protocols, uh, and that's just that. Particularly in that stretch around the holidays and the new year, every single day it was just something new. Somebody new was in health and safety protocols. There were new protocols. The league was coming out with this protocol, that protocol. We had our practice protocols, our game protocols, our COVID protocols, our uh, coming back from COVID protocols. There were just so many protocols. Uh, So that's my word is protocols. Can you say protocols one more time? Protocols. It's getting to the point where it's like starting to lose meaning. I'm just hearing the syllables. Yeah. But that's my that's my take. I think it's a good one too. Decent pick. So I uh, I think I'm next. Yes. I want to give a little bit of backstory about how we came to the uh, the word of the year because actually I think Haley O'Shaughnessy who who is the uh, works on Spencer's the pod I produce uh, in addition to this one, um, she actually planted the seed and it's funny because she thought of it. Duncan, when you were on a pod a couple weeks ago and you said facetious mm. and and Haley was like, you know, Duncan's always using these these words like we should do a word of the year or something. So um, shout out to Haley and Duncan, shout out to you for for always bringing the big words. Shout out to facetious as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a great word. Um, with all of that being said, my word is center mm. because we we've got these two centers who may come in first and second in MVP voting with, with uh, Jokic and Embiid. Uh, But then we also, I think are, there's a larger conversation going on about what, what it means to be a center in the NBA right now. And there's like Giannis, people say Giannis is plays like a center. Are you a center? If you're above six eleven and can't, I mean, six nine and can't hit threes. Like, does that mean you're a center? Are you a center? If you're the tallest, biggest guy, is Kevin Durant a center? If he's the only seven footer on the court. So I, I do think, um, I think we're all kind of grappling with what this means. I will say there, there's a big trend in kind of positionless basketball, right? Everybody loves to talk about how there are not positions. I'm going to go the other way and say there are positions. If you're a giant guy who guards the rim, you're a center. doesn't matter if you also shoot threes or also pass the ball or also can, you know, stretch the floor or any of that stuff. I, I, I think, um, like, I don't see any world where Jokic is a forward like right. that, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So um, I'm, I'm laying the debate out and then also planting my flag on one side. Um, that that's my that's my word. I love it. I love it. And for full transparency, Harry, I was gonna go a, di- a, a similar direction. I'm now I have to switch gears now. But I totally agree with you. And I think there's there's also this huge debate about who's first team NBA, who's second team. Can you put Embiid and Jokic on there together? It's 
the positionless thing is the is the the hot topic debate in the NBA this year. On that note, I hate to do this, but my word is going to be Lakers. It's going to be Lakers <laughs> because you're part of the problem. I turn on first take. They're talking about the Lakers. I turn on undisputed. They're talking about the Lakers. I turn on NBA today. They're talking about the Lakers. I'm so glad. Well, actually, it's not even close to over. We're probably going to talk about it throughout the playoffs too, the fact that they're not there. But I'm glad that it can at least start to be put to bed because all I've heard about this year, guys, is the Lakers. And yeah, did they have a disappointing year? Yes. Is it unbelievable that they didn't make the playoffs? Yes. But there was a lot of other really interesting stuff going on in the NBA this year. But all we talked about was the Lakers. And so I'm not even proud that this is my word of the year, but my word of the year is Lakers. I, I was going to say, Dave, do you not understand the great irony in you choosing them? I mean, you're talking, you're complaining about all these media outlets just talking about the Lakers when there's other things to be talking about. And now we are now talking about the Lakers because you bring them to the table. Why, why is it that you would do that? A true boycott of the Lakers or, or putting your flag in the ground would be you us refusing to mention them at all. Yeah. But now, now you're you're raising the conversation in by doing so, you're talking about them. It's That's like uh it's like what, what D Book said, like the headlines are the Lakers are eliminated from playoff contention. Why isn't the headline the Suns are you know just set a franchise record for wins? That's a very fair point. I'm I'm nominating them for this award with like some disdain. You know, like I want this to be a mark on their record. Fair enough. I guess I'll allow it. All right, so that that's one of the new awards. I like that one. We have another one? Oh yeah, we do. The next one is the best tweet of the year because there were some good ones being fired off. I'm a huge fan of the new wave of NBA players who are just ready to talk freely or speak their mind on Twitter. Um, so we have some good candidates here, I believe, for best tweet of the year. I'm doing a terrible job at remembering order here. Who's leading this one off? Is it me? I think it's Harry. Because I just did I just did health and safety. Right, correct. Right, right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I, I, my, my winner. This is a, this is a like a legacy award, um, or a, a cumulative award. But, I, but I do have one specific tweet. Um, Paul Reed of the the Seventy Sixers at uh, bball underscore Paul is a, a, I think he is a cult favorite of Sixers fans, um, and of like NBA Twitter heads. But he gets some of the greatest tweets off. Like, and, and the thing about him is he's found his own lane. Like he's not, it's not, he's not quote tweet dunking on people. He's not even like maybe making an interesting point about basketball. He's just getting like really fire original tweets off. And so with that being said, the one that I specifically nominated was if you was looking for me and couldn't find me, I was in my bag. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just like... Sort of like a Emily Dickinson level of <laughs> of of poetry there. Like I, I I you can think about it for a long time, just kind of being like, damn, he's lost in his own bag. That's incredible. 
<laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's 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 my uh, my big shout out to Bebo Paul. Uh, that's great. That's really that's really good stuff. I uh, I love that selection. That's a fantastic tweet. So Max Struess went to college uh, with with B-ball Paul. So I've I've had the pleasure of, of hearing some kind of behind the scenes stories. But uh, at some point during this year, Max actually showed me a clip of him. It was some interview segment, and he was asked if you didn't play basketball, what would you do? And I think he said he would be an underwear model or something like that. It was some like ridiculous take. Uh, so he's definitely, yeah, he's had some great content. That's a great selection. Uh, really brought that one out of left field. So thanks for that. Dave, what's yours? Um, in the spirit of calling out major media and uh, speaking freely on Twitter, I don't think you can have this award this year without mentioning Kevin Durant. Uh, cause he just speaks as freely as anyone, uh, now on his own account, no longer on a burner. And so he came at skip Bayless this year. Skip said something about like, you know, the best player in the world talking about Kevin Durant just did something LeBron could never do. And it was, I don't know, Kevin Durant went for 50 or something. And KD just quote tweeted it said, I really don't like you skip. And that was it. Just left it at that. And I thought it was hilarious. And I'm all for players coming at media more often on Twitter. So I'm giving it to Kevin Durant. That's yeah. I mean, Katie is tends to be a ruthless with the Twitter fingers. Um, I'm going to actually go to Philly as well, but I'm not going to do the one that I think a lot of people are expecting. And it's almost disappointing that Embiid's haters funeral uh, showing up to my haters funeral isn't going to get nominated, but I'm actually not going to do it. I'm going to go with a different Philly legend. And that's friend and two-time guest of the podcast, George Niang. And that's his Go Weekend Go uh, weekly Friday posts. Uh, they exist on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and he somehow has managed to do it literally every single Friday, which at this point in the season, it's just, it's almost like, it's just exhausting, but it's still kind of funny because he just continues to do it. And my favorite thing is seeing it on Instagram when like they'll have a loss or whatever, you know, Philly will be having a tough stretch and he'll still post it on Friday and everybody in the comments <laughs> being like, now's not the time, George. <laughs> and he just still keeps coming through with the go weekend go. Uh, so that's my, my social media post of the year is uh, go weekend go by George Niang. brought to you by torch pro. Uh, which is an awesome <laughs> athlete content uh, curating company based in the Hey, Northeast, no free ads. Um, We're not doing free ads. By a couple of Northeast legends. This isn't an ad. This is just a promo for Torch Pro. Love what they're doing over there. All right, fine. No, it's a good pick. You have to respect the consistency. I think there's no better way to just – because people are going to be – people are going to hate regardless – on like the timing of the season. Like we know this, you know this better than anybody dunk. Like the timing of releasing content during a season is like, if things are going well, people love it. If things are going bad, you're going to get that. So, you know, the fact that George just sticks to it every Friday, he's fired up for the weekend. Regardless, you have to respect it. No, I, I do. Uh, do we have any more? Yes. The final award here, this one requires no nominees. This is an award. We're just going to give out and it is the longest shot of the year so we have the long mm -hmm. shot of the year the guy who overcomes the odds but this is 
just purely the guy who took the longest shot this year. Not took, but made. So actually, Harry, would you like to take the floor here? Yes, sure. So this is the, took probably the most amount of research. It's actually <laughs> kind of hard to find who, who took the longest shot. Um, and there might be a little bit of controversy. Maybe this is our, this is our, um, our slap moment, if you will. Um, because by raw numbers, the longest shot from stat Muse is Bogdan Bogdanovich hit a 70 foot shot. Whoa. A long, like, you know, uh, a heat. I couldn't find the shot. I, I saw it on Stat Muse, but I couldn't find the shot. So I I tried. It's kind of hard to like search for a random third quarter buzzer beater, you know, in an Atlanta Hawks game. But I I have yet to be able to find it. Now, the the challenger would be Devonte Graham set the NBA record for longest buzzer beater this year and while that in raw length was shorter it was a 61 foot shot it was a game winner and there is a video of it that i've actually seen so i don't know do we leave this up to the to the audience does somebody try to find the bogdan shot um you know what this is tricky you guys think this is tricky i don't know (laughs) i mean it's almost like in today's day and age, if it doesn't exist in clip form uh, on the internet, did it really happen? Right. right. That's my question. I haven't That's, seen it. I think I haven't I, seen it either. Look, maybe this is our slap moment. I hope no uh, Bogdanovich fans come at me, but mm-hmm. I think we got to give it to Devonte Graham because we can confirm that one. Who knows? Yeah. This could this could have been a stat muse typo for all we know. Yeah. And not to add a little bit more and to pile on stat muse a little bit. But as I was searching, you know, you search by shot distance and, you know, whatever. There were like 150 of them. And I was very confused because I was like, there's no way, you know, there's that many. And then I kind of dug into the numbers and probably 45% of them were, they would say this was like a 65 foot shot, but it was a two pointer. And so I was like, there's, that doesn't exist. You can't, you know, that shot is, that's not a real shot. So I kind of ran out of runway. I was like, well, I don't know what's going on here, wow. but there, it, the, the, there are some integrity issues with the data. I've heard enough. I'm going Devonte Graham. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is a full fledged long shot words conspiracy. I mean, what's <laughs> yeah. happening here. Uh, I feel like we got to go Devonte Graham at this point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Done. Long shot winner or longest shot of the year winner. Devonte Graham. Um, thank you very much, Harry, for, for doing the legwork on that and presenting both sides uh, and a compelling argument uh, for, for what we ultimately chose. So <laughs> that basically wraps up the uh, the long shot awards. Does either of you have maybe a closing monologue that you want to get to or no? Are we just going to put a bow on it? Now, for the same reason that we didn't do an opening monologue in fear of getting slapped, I'm going to stay away from a closing one. Um, but I did. I do want to point out I had two more awards that I was thinking of. Uh, similar to the longest shot that had no competition. We were just going to give them out. One, Harry, uh, this was Harry's idea, and I was a really big fan of it. So I did a little research. It was the Duncan Robinson most normally dressed person of the year. 
you know, just someone who doesn't really, you know, step out too much with the pregame fits, just, you know, prioritizes comfort. Uh, and, and I think that had to go to Jared Allen, the picture at all-star weekend of him and just the, you know, classic pullover and sweatpants, just looking comfy. And we love that. We support that. The second award would be the disproportionate bicep award. And that's just for someone who has arms that are way too big. And that would go to Desmond Bain. So those were, those were the two other awards I was considering. Um, those would be hard to do every year. I think Desmond Bain would win that award as long as he played. Um, but just two more for the, for the people to consider. Probably for the best that both of those got shelved this year. Uh, maybe maybe something we can revisit in the future. Uh, so that basically wraps it up uh, for the 2022 Long Shot Awards. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us. We certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and Harry, thank you for for hopping on. Uh, yes. I feel like that was a, a great value add uh, to the uh, to the nomination. So thank you for your time. Appreciate it. We're going to put uh, these on uh, social media. So it's now up to you guys to select the winners. I think we gave you some good thought provoking options for each award. Uh, we'll see who wins and we'll come back to, to hand out at these awards once we've selected our winners. Love that. Can't wait. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning in and uh, catch us next week.